Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. What is the cost of your praise? John 12 verses 1 to 3 says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. There is perfume and there is perfume. Some people go after the fragrance. Some go after the packaging. Some go after the brand name. Once I bought a named perfume purely on recommendation. My wife loved it beyond words. I have heard of pricey fragrance where a bottle of less than three ounces can cost as much as 8000 But more recently, I heard of a cologne that costs $12,700 for one ounce. It is not just the fragrance, but the packaging and the name of the manufacturer. Can you sense the fragrance in the air as you read about these wonderful things that can be gone in a minute? Our text comes from a story that occurs in the four Gospels with slight variations. In Matthew 26 and Mark 14, we read about a woman who came to a dinner being held in Jesus' honor with an alabaster box of expensive perfume. In Luke 7, we read a story about a woman from that town in which the dinner was being held who lived a sinful life, and Luke talked about the alabaster box of perfume as well. But in John 12, we do not see the box or hear about the box that contained the perfume, but we read about the type and the amount. It is a pint of spikenard. John also said her name, Mary. Most people put all four accounts together and know it as a woman named Mary who had an unsavory character who turned up uninvited and unwelcomed at a dinner in honor of Jesus. She had with her an alabaster box of spikenard perfume and she poured it all over Jesus and washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. By the way, Alabaster is a hard product like marble, so not only was the perfume expensive, but so was the box. She poured all of it over him. She, then she washed his feet with her tears. That must have been a lot of crying. And when she was done, she dried his feet with her hair. She must have had long hair. But stop and think of what she did and why she did it and how she was down on the ground washing his feet with tears. Her face must have been really close to his feet. But then she used her hair to dry his feet. That kind of posture is really humble. Her face was so close to his feet that she was kissing his feet. This woman kissed the dirty feet of Jesus. This story is no ordinary story. This woman was not described as being rich. The one significant detail we learned about her is that she was a sinful woman. You can imagine what type of sin she was known for. Suffice it to say, the host of the party said that if Jesus knew this woman's character, he would not even as much as let her come near him. Jesus gave the most classical explanation of this story by using a parable. 
He spoke about two men who owed large sums of money, which they were unable to repay. One owed 10 times the amount the other owed. Let's just say one owed $100,000. The other he owed $1 million. The bank forgave both loans. They were no longer required to repay the loan. The question Jesus posed, which of these guys would love the banker more? You are one of those guys. I am one of those guys who owe the bank a ton of money. And the reality is that we cannot pay back the loan. It's not that you don't want to pay it back, but you are so broke that you don't even have the first payment, however small it is. Based on the terms of the loan, the bank is authorized to seize assets that served as collateral to recover its money. So now you can't pay back the loan and the bank has the right to seize your house and throw you and your family out into the streets. But in a most surprising act, the bank sends each of us a letter to tell us that they have forgiven us of the debt. You don't have to pay and you won't be losing your house. You are free and the debt is canceled. This is what Jesus did when he saved you, when he saved me. Every person who is saved starts with a deficit. All of us have sinned and was in need of Jesus' saving us and giving us eternal life. But stop and think again. Think about your sins, the horrible, despicable sins that you committed, the terrible, sinful life you used to live. If folks should see the movie of your life, you would die from shame for them to see and know what you used to do. In some cases, it was not once, not twice, but numerous times you did the unthinkable. I can talk like this because I'm exhibit number one. Some things I did, even I am embarrassed at the very memory of them. But Jesus found me, he saved me, and he cleaned me up. And no longer do I do those things anymore. So let us get back to the text. I know what Jesus has done for me. Like that woman in the big picture, my life was filled with sins and Jesus forgave me. My list of sins is much longer than your long list. Jesus forgave me and he forgave you. But when I think of what he has done for me, I cannot help but be like that woman. You can call her Mary if you like. The perfume of worship I bring is an expensive bottle and the worship perfume is even more expensive. I pour it all over Jesus. Tears and songs and dance. My whole being is into worship because you don't know what Jesus did for me. You were not there the moment when he forgave me of all my sins. My perfume, my worship, my praise is priceless.